Hello everyone. Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to say something. Thank you guys for coming back. This is the third episode, but I just wanted to make a quick disclaimer. This is two episodes into one just because of the length of the episodes. Um, Both of them are pretty short, so I wanted to make it into a bigger one. And they do talk about important issues in the Black community. And something that's really tragic that happened um, last year, December, if you haven't heard of it, the Lauren Smith-Fields case. So I just wanted to touch bases on that because I've always been interested in her case and I've been looking and been keeping in touch with it. And also, I wanted to incorporate what y'all have said about the Black community and the issues you see that are very underrated. So yeah, I'll just make it very clear and known when I'll finish talking about um, Lauren Smithfield and when I'm starting to talk about the issues in the Black community. And I just wanted Lauren to have her own little section. So yeah, thank you so much for watching and let's get into this episode. Hey there, I'm so glad you picked up. This is Ozioma, the good news, with yours truly, Brie Ozi. Hello everyone, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for coming back and listening. This is the third podcast episode and I'm excited to be here. This is supposed to be filmed, I mean, supposed to be recorded and posted on Wednesday. But unfortunately, I wasn't feeling well, but now I'm posting it now. And hopefully you guys are seeing this Saturday night or Sunday morning. So exactly what is this about today? As you can see from the title, it's about Lauren Quinique Smith-Fields. Now, this is really a sad story. And once I saw this I didn't see a lot of people talking about it online, which was the crazy thing. Like I only saw one or two people because I love watching like case cases and stuff. And one of the people I usually watch, she posted about her and I saw no one else posting about this. And I was like, what the heck is going on? But more and more things as the time has gone by has come out on the case. I was like, let me inform you guys on this case about the beautiful Lauren Quinique Smith-Fields. And just giving a quick disclaimer, I am just covering the case based on the information I could find on the internet through research. I do not ask you guys or want you guys to harass anyone. So yeah, let's get into it. Lauren Quinique Smith-Fields was a beautiful African-American woman born January the 23rd 1998 in Bridgeport, Connecticut. According to her obituary on hkhfuneralservices.com, Lauren was a former track star and graduate of Stanford High School in Stanford, Connecticut. She was currently attending Norwalk Community College and her desire was to become a physical therapist. It was known that Lauren loved fashion, traveling and enjoying life and her family. And her direct family consists of her mother, Chantel Fields, her father, Everett Smith, and her brothers, Kyle, Lakeem, and Tavar. Lauren was hardworking and enjoyed the beauty side of TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. But unfortunately, on December 12, 2021, this bright soul, Lauren Smith-Fields, was pronounced dead. So exactly, how did this happen? Who did it? 
who and what was responsible for Lauren's death? And that was the question that everyone's asking. This came as a, as a surprise, especially for her parents. So Lauren's mother, Chantel, hadn't heard from her daughter all day. She was texting Lauren, are you okay? Please let me know. She was expecting Lauren because she would, Lauren was supposed to host dinner for the holidays at her house and she had no idea she didn't hear anything from Lauren. So the night before her death on December 12th, it was known that Lauren was on a date with an older white man, 37-year-old Matthew LaFountain, who she met through the dating app Bumble. So I'm sure everyone knows what Bumble is, but for who that don't, Bumble is a dating app or a meeting app now. It's not just exclusively dating anymore. You can actually meet people there. Where you can meet people to date or become friends with, it works kind of similar to the famous one, Tinder, where the profiles of potential matches are displayed to the person using the app and they can swipe left to reject or right to show interest. According to the Bubble website, they have a zero tolerance policy against harassment, sexual abuse, and violence. However, what I could find, I could be wrong, but I've been doing research and I couldn't find anything else. The only precautionary step they actually took was that they required a verification selfie to make sure the person was the same person that they claimed they were. Um, so going back to Lauren Smithfield's case, the man that she went on the date with and was the last person known to see her was Matthew LaFountain. And he claimed that they were both drinking shots of tequila when Lauren suddenly became ill. He carried her to her room, lay down next to her and fell asleep. He said that he woke up early in the morning to use the restroom around 3 a.m. and Lauren was asleep and snoring. She was perfectly fine. And then he went back to sleep and he woke up next to Lauren at 6.30 a.m. He found blood was coming out of her right nostril and she wasn't breathing. So that's when he called 911. So 911 rushed to the scene and medics who arrived on the scene pronounced her dead and said that she has been dead for at least an hour or more. So the officers did not call Lauren's family. Like Lauren's family knew nothing of Lauren's whereabouts. And they collected several items as evidence, quote and unquote, including more than 1,300 in cash, her passports, her credit cards, and her cell phone, according to the police report. So fast forward to December 13th, where Lauren's mother, Chantel, had not heard back from her daughter after various calls and messages. Chantel and her son on that evening of December 13th, after Lauren was already found dead by the police, went to Lauren's apartment. When they arrived, they found a note on the door, and the note read, if you're looking for Lauren, call this number. So Chantel worries sick. She called the number waiting by her car with her son, and soon after, the landlord of the apartment came downstairs. So then the landlord gave them the number of a detective named Detective Cronin. So Chantel's son talked with Detective Cronin, asked what happened, and basically the detective said and explained in very few detail that she was meeting a white guy on Bumble. But he said, don't worry about that. He's a really nice guy. So after a few calls to the detective, while they were waiting for the detective to arrive, the mother and son went into Lauren's apartment to just pack some of her belongings. And they found, mind you, after the police already collected all of those stuff, a used condom, a sedative pill, a blood-stained sheet, an overturned plate of food, 
and bottles of alcohol. Mind you, the 911 call was made the morning before by the man that was with Lauren Smith. And the Smithfield's family was now hearing that this event on December 13th. In addition, the police took more than 1300 in cash, her passport, a credit card, and her cell phone, according to the police report. But the items that were found by her family, such as the condom, a, the used condom, a seductive pill, the bloodstained sheet, an overturned plate of food, and the bottle of alcohol was not taken for evidence. So what happened? How did healthy Lauren all of a sudden die after a few shots, quote unquote, we do not know. It was first said by the Connecticut Office of the Chief Medical Examiner that Lauren Smithfields died over an accidental overdose of a mixture of drugs, including fentanyl, prescription medicine, medications, and alcohol. Now this ruling was strongly and quickly doubted by Lauren Smithfield's family. It was known for a fact that Lauren did not use any drugs and there was a sense of a missing piece of the story of her death that her family did not know. So now after all of this, the last person known to be with her, her bumble date, 37 year old Matthew LaFountain, what did he have to say? The police would not say whether he had been taken questioning or he or if he was considered a person of interest in the case. His lawyer said he cooperated with the police that day and declined to comment any further. The police did not question LaFountain as a suspect, nor collected the crucial evidence for the from the scene. The worst part is that when Lauren's family was calling LaFountain, trying to get all of this information to maybe help the case, find more things, maybe hold him accountable because LaFountain was the last person to see Lauren. LaFountain asked them to stop calling him for information and just hang hung up. So what is happening now? Lauren Smithfield's family announced that they are planning to file legal actions against the city of Bridgeport due to the way the police have handled its investigations and that they are seeking an independent investigation into her death. According to the family attorney, Darnell Crossland, we're filing a lawsuit here in Bridgeport to compel them to process this case, to protect this family and to give them the equal rights they deserve under the Connecticut constitution. So, after hearing all of this, I know it's fast, but I just wanted to give you a quick summary. Here are the ways that you can help. So there's a GoFundMe page that will link in this, um, the description of the podcast. It's called Justin for Lauren, Justice for Lauren. And basically right now, their goal is $100,000 and they're so close, but even a dollar helps, like a simple dollar helps. They're at 76,726. And I'm just gonna read what they posted for Lauren's um, GoFundMe. It says on December 12th, 2021, our family lost a loving daughter, sister, niece, cousin, and friend, Lauren Smithfields. As many of you may know, the circumstances surrounding Lauren's death have proven to be suspicious. And we, her family need your help to bring the answers we are looking for to life. In the beginning of the nightmare, our family was extremely mistreated by the Bridgeport Police Department, who, as we stated, initially declined to investigate Lawrence ultimately 
untimely death. Although BPD has now decided to begin to conduct an investigation, our family would like to conduct one of our own. We're extremely grateful for the outpouring of love shown to our family from all over the world during this time and ask that you continue to show that love by assisting us in hiring a private investigator. We're hoping an investigator of our own can shed light on this tragic event and give us the answers we need to move forward and heal as a family. We realize this road and flight will not be easy, but we are willing to do whatever it takes to get justice for Lauren. So once again, after hearing this, if you can give anything, and even if you can't, just share the link that I'll put in the description, justice for Lauren. So adding this right here, right now, I just wanted to be a quick little thing. What do y'all think happened? And what do you think really happened in this case? What do you think about this case? Um, it's really devastating, actually. Like, she has so much. She was in college. She was ambitious. She knew what she wanted. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for y'all. Thank you so much for watching. Please stay safe. I know as a lot of us turn 18 or even just looking for someone, we run to dating apps, but you need to be very careful on who you meet. And once again, Please do not harass anyone that I have mentioned. I am just telling what I have found through my research. But thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your day. You can find more information on this case. I'll keep an update on the podcast Instagram, OTGN Podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much once again and stay safe and blessed and keep Lauren's family in your prayers. Bye-bye. Hello. So here's the second part. I just wanted to separate it because, yeah, Lauren deserves it. She deserves her own story and all the research that I've done to hopefully help you guys know more about her if you didn't hear about her. But today, I just wanted to talk about more about the major underrated issues that we see in the Black community. As you can see, it's February, which is also... Black History Month, yes. If you if you said that, put make a pat on your back. It's Black History Month. Um, being Nigerian American, I would say I am not the best educated in Black history. Sadly, because um, I don't know, my family hasn't really pushed me into that rabbit hole. But still, I feel like it's really important because I am African American. I am black. I am in America. And I feel like America is just important that we keep our heritage. And right now, I just wanted to discuss like the things that y'all had to say about the African American community, the black community. Um, so I put on my story, what are some major underrated issues you see in the black community? And a few of guy of you guys answered. And I'm just going to give you my honest opinions. Doesn't mean you have to agree. It's all of that stuff. Because this is open for open-minded people. So one person said, some Black females being picky <laughs> about Black men who just want love. Now this one, oh boy, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to dislike me for this. Like, I understand what you're saying to an extent, 
But then again, you lost me because I under black woman. I'm sorry to say this. Are one of the most hated people in the whole entire world. And I'm not saying it as putting black women down. I'm a black woman. Duh. But I'm just saying that black women by even black men, a lot of black men actually are nitpicky about black women. So I feel like that is just a little bit of a combat. Not saying that I don't believe that black females are picky about black men, in my opinion. But we can talk more further about that. You can DM me. That's just my opinion. Okay. The next one is victim mindset. I wish you elaborated more on that because I don't want to say something that you didn't say. But when I think of people saying that Black people have a victim mindset, it's just letting all of the bad things that have happened make them not do anything to progress now. We do not forget about the bad things that have happened because that is important because you cannot forget what happened in the past because it will be bound to happen again. But I understand what you mean by the victim mindset. I understand where you're going with that. I really do. I really do. Again, DM me if you want to talk more about that because I really do understand what you're talking about that. Um, Next, now this one. This is heavy. Heavy, I agree with this. I agree with this heavily. The other two... Eh, 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 eh. we can have a debate not like i disagree but i'm in the middle maybe because i'm just trying not to get into conflict and that's not a good thing but anyways i deeply agree with this one the sexualization of young black girls emotional incest with black mothers and sons so let's go i'm going to talk about more specifically the sexualization of young black girls just because i personally have never like really looked into the black mother and sons but i'll look into that later um but yes i even am the victim of the sexualization of young black girls like i feel like every young black woman no matter american wherever they are have experienced like maybe they're at church and you know like they're wearing they sit down and the dress goes up and they're like close your legs do this do that or a male is coming to the house put on pants when you're wearing shorts or ooh you want to be grown if you're just trying to flat iron your hair and i got to say i don't know how wearing shorts or flat ironing your hair a hairstyle or what you wear depicts you being grown or not because it's literally the sexualization that they're doing to young girls and that that right there is weird <laughs> that is weird like i really hate it because i wouldn't be like to my daughter like or she's wearing shorts and a male figure is around and she's i'm like honey put some pants on why because they're looking at you like that's weird like if they're looking at you there's a problem not with my child but the male person that is with my child that is above my child's age, you know, my child is a full grown, grown child, flu, flu, full blown child, still preying on it. It is not the child's fault. It is the person preying on the child's fault. Period. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why I got so passionate, but that's so annoying. Like seeing people be like, these girls are too grown. 
on doing stuff that doesn't even make them grown. They're just living. It's just that you are sexualizing the child. The child has nothing to do with it. It's all about you. And it's both. It's not even the men. It's also the woman allowing men to look at the children like that. Both of them are, both of y'all in the wrong. But anyways. And then the emotional incest with black mothers and their sons. If you're listening to this, please, I would like you to come on this podcast and talk about it because I like I I think I know what you're talking about like how like actually I don't want to say it because what if I'm wrong like what if I'm completely wrong but what I think you're trying to say like my understanding of the emotional incest with black mothers and their sons is how sometimes the black mothers their sons can do the worst of the worst of the worst and you're like that's my baby he can't do anything wrong that's what I feel like you're talking about and that's yeah mm mm-mm and the same person says, and excusing weird pedal behavior in the fair. And that, that is true. That is so true. Um, it's just, I see a lot, just allowing it, even because I've heard a lot of stories and they all said it's because it's based on like the black community being um, quote um, and unquote embarrassed and not wanting to cause any drama. Like, this didn't happen to me, but um, this YouTuber, she was sharing her story of how she was sexually assaulted by her uncle. And her uncle, there were signs of it. And she told her parent, no, I think her aunt or something like that. And they were like, mm, that's a lie. Or mm, what did you do? Like that, that's so annoying. And excusing the full grown man and blaming the little girl. That is so, and it's, I'm just, I'm not saying, guys it can't happen for boys too boys can too but i'm just saying okay next person said the way black gay men make things are competition again i'm black but i'm not a man so i can't really talk about it and i don't really want to talk about it because i'm not a black gay man but yeah <laughs> um next is the amount of targeting we get but the way we execute by joining the races as if it fixes it and i feel like that fits into the previous one of victim mindsets and that statement i feel like it fits for some like for, personally for me um i've n- i haven't seen it like a lot but i do know that exists in the black community like just like okay I see they're making fun of Becky over there with her braids. So I'm going to wear the weave and make fun with them also for the braids. I understand what you're saying, but I just haven't seen it that lo- a lot. Maybe just because of where I was raised. Because I, I was born and raised in Smyrna, Georgia, which is the closest thing to Atlanta, Georgia. And even though there was a lot of white people, there was also some black people. And I've never seen that happen, but I know that does exist. This one, homophobia, and hey, I agree. There's a lot of homophobia in the black community, not just the black community, but all of these people are black. So, (laughs) but yeah, there's a lot of homophobia in the black community. I'm not saying everybody in the black community is homophobic, but I've seen it. And I think it's just because of the way they're raised. Not giving that as an excuse, but I, I, I I had to do some digging and some peacemaking with myself that just knowing that I can't be angry a hundred percent with my family. There were 
raised like that if that makes sense like maybe like i don't know if that makes sense to you if that's what i'm saying i forgot he's transgender and he was on tiktok and he was discussing this how he even though his family doesn't accept him he um understands because he understands that they were raised and how would he expect them to all of a sudden now get a son and people were backlashing him saying well yeah they should accept you no matter what they should accept and that's the truth they should accept you and you would hope they accept you but what they what he said made perfectly like sense to me like they were raised and conditioned with like since birth like oh that's wrong so even though yes they cannot be ignorant and stay ignorant i i can't also be mad too because mad plus mad equals bad oh that rhyme but yeah <laughs> um cost of tuition at hbcus this one right here i have to clap because yes um i'm going to a pwu pwi right now a predominantly white institution um, I transferred schools and I went from PWI to PWI because they're really cheaper. I really wanted to go to an HBCU, but HBCUs are so expensive. One of the biggest known HBCUs is Spelman, Howard, and I was looking at both of those, but I did not have the money for that. And again, I do know that, yes, I'm Black, so I would get a scholarship, a really good one too. But um, still, those scholarships would not have paid for my whole entire living and i do understand the heritage behind hbcus and all of that stuff but personally i could not afford them so yeah the cost of tuition at hbcus those are that's ridiculous and finally <laughs> the last one what are some major underrated issues you see in the black community someone said black people and i'm just like oh. elaborate um so yeah that's all that have commented so yeah if you want to be part of this please 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 come to my personal instagram or the osioma the good news podcast instagram both of them i post daily like um i mean i post the question of the day there and you can answer there but yeah um the question of the day for this week is basically what are you okay it's gonna be like a handful of things because if you can't answer it i know because not everyone has a valentine's day but this is gonna be valentine's day themed since valentine's day is next week monday but if you have a valentine what are you doing with your valentine what are you doing with your boo i love valentine's day because i love seeing people in love if you don't have a valentine's day aka me because i'm lonely no one peaks my interest <laughs> but if you don't have a valentine's what are you going to do for yourself slash what do you find what do you look for when you're finding a romantic partner okay so yeah thank you so much for watching i hope this was a little bit cheerful than the first part of this but the first part was really important and i would like to mention one more time please even if you can't help just share the gofundme for lauren smithfield's family it means the world for me. And of course, if it means the world to me, it means the world to her family. So thank you so much. Have an amazing, blessed, wonderful rest of your day slash night, depending on when this comes out. And I'll see you 
next week Wednesday, hopefully, if everything goes by plan. It shall. It shall. So thank you and have a wonderful day.